welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season three of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode 27. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, we are back with the second half of the season of Fringe. Yep. On Friday. Wasn't too bad. Yeah, but you know... I still prefer it on Thursday. I do too, but you know, it's kind of cool having it Friday and mm. then afterwards, Spartacus. Well, no, that's so, true, but anyway. I would watch Spartacus anyway. I, I just hope it, <coughs> excuse me, I just hope it lasts. Anyway. Yeah, let's see. I'm going to uh, recap the episode titled Firefly. And we start out with Walter. At his, in his home chemistry. You're not going to tell him what, what the episode is. It's episode number 10. I said, yeah, Firefly. Yeah, but you didn't say it's episode, it don't fringe matter. episode number 10. Okay. What does the number matter? Whatever. You're doing the first 30 it's minutes. It's Firefly. Okay. Okay. So, we see Walter, and he has his home chemistry set out, and is concocting a green potion that is supposed to make him smarter. Mm-hmm. Or actually really to help him restore the memories he lost when parts of his brain were removed by William Bell. Yep. He's preparing a syringe to inject himself when Peter enters the room looking all sleepy. Walter tells him that if he can think like Walternate and get his intelligence back and be more like Walternate, perhaps he can discover what the device is supposed to be used for and keep Peter safe. Peter reminds Walter that he told William Bell to remove those parts of his brain because he was afraid of what he was becoming. And he doesn't want to see Walter get hurt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we next scene see a man shuffling down a hallway, in a, a dark hallway, in a hospital in Boston. Two nurses see this on a security monitor, and one of the nurses realizes that it's Mr. Joyce, and that he sleepwalks a lot. As they watch him, they see another man approach Mr. Joyce and start talking to him. They rush to that hallway to see what's going on, and the one nurse asks him who he was talking to as she leads him back to his room. <clears throat> and he tells her that it was Bobby. Um, she's like, Bobby? It couldn't have been Bobby. Um, the other nurse is like, well, who's Bobby? And she tells him that Bobby was Mr. Joyce's son who died in 1985 and that he couldn't be talking to him. Uh, We next see Bobby walking up a hill outside the hospital, meeting up with the Observer. September is what I remember his name to be. it's September. He asks Bobby if he told him, and Bobby says yes and asks him what now. The Observer tells him that he will take him back home. The next thing we see Olivia, a knock on the door uh, of Olivia's apartment, and Olivia opening the door to a delivery man. He hands her a package, and when she opens it, it turns out to be a book titled, If You Meet the Buddha on the Road, Kill Him. (laughs) She opens the front cover to find a card with a note saying to Olivia, Because You Asked Peter. Right at this moment, she gets a phone call, and then we see her pulling up in front of the Park Lane Senior Center. Uh, Peter, Walter, and Broyles are already there and show them all pictures of Bobby Joyce and the observer on the security uh, from the security monitors. The same nurse from the night before takes them to see Mr. Joyce, and when he sees them, Walter is real excited 
to find that it's Roscoe Joyce, the keyboardist from his favorite band, Violet Sedan Chair. <laughs> Roscoe tells them nice. that his son came to visit him, but he cannot remember what they talked about. Another nurse takes him to his physical therapy session, and Walter explains the observer does not experience time like they do, and it's likely that he traveled from the past to the present and brought Bobby with him. <clears throat> Walter is worried because every time the observer shows up, it has something to do with Peter, and it's always something bad. Mm-hmm. Walter tells them that they need to help Roscoe remember what his son said to him and take him back to his lab. Broyle goes to work on the paperwork to get Roscoe released, and Olivia notices an older couple laughing and holding hands on a couch. Uh, Olivia, uh, Peter walks up to her, and Olivia pulls out the book she received and gives it to Peter and tells him that she didn't think it was meant for her since it was ordered when she was still over on the other side. Peter starts to say something when she cuts him off and tells him that, never mind, you know, it's okay. <clears throat> At this point, Roscoe is ready to go and comes up, and so the moment's kind of lost for Peter to say something. We next go to Hyanna's jewelry store, and we see that the place is being robbed, and as the camera pans around, we see the body of a man with a plastic bag over his head. It's kind of gruesome. Mm-hmm. And then one of the robbers putting money from the safe into a duffel bag. We see someone walk up behind the robber, and he turns around, and when he sees who it is, he kind of gasps and starts reaching for his gun. We next see him being thrown across the room where he crashes into this big glass display. Uh, the two robbers that were snatching jewelry from the front of the store, one of them goes to investigate, and the observer comes out from the back room and starts fighting with the guy and <laughs> disables him and kind of knocks him out. <clears throat> the other robber starts shooting at him, and the observer catches the bullets in his hand and like kind of throws him down like, what, whatever. <laughs> and then he fights with that robber and disables him and he knocks him out. At this point, he takes his phone, his special phone out, calls 911 and tells them that the tells them the address and there was a robbery in place or taking place. He starts to walk to the door when he sees a woman um, tied up um, and with duct tape over her mouth and she's wheezing really bad. He takes the duct tape away from her mouth and she kind of looks at her purse. And he grabs it and takes out an inhaler and gives her a dose. As she starts to breathe a little bit easier, she thanks him. And we next see him leaving the store with the inhaler in his hand. Mm-hmm. So after a commercial break, we see Walter in his lab getting it ready. And we see a piano being delivered. Um, he has Roscoe listening to headphones with ocean wave noise sounds to get him into a peaceful state of mind so he'd be more susceptible to hypnotherapy. Um, Walter uh, says that it might help him, the piano might help him better express his feelings and what he's thinking since he expresses himself through music and it might help him remember what he and his son talked about. Um, As Walter starts hypnotizing Roscoe, Peter takes his little duffel bag into the office where Olivia is finishing up a phone call where she was trying to figure out if there was any camera footage of where the observer drove off to. Peter takes the book that she gave him out of his backpack and explains to her that the other Olivia asked him what his favorite book was. And he now thinks that she did it to try to get information on him 
but tells Olivia that the book was really meant for her because he spent the last several years with her and he wanted her to read it and to share it with her. This Olivia, her. Um, he tells her that uh, he wants her to read it. Olivia tells him that she feels like Rip Van Winkle and everything is different and even him opening up to her is different. She tells him that the book's just a reminder to her of everything that she's missed and conversations that she they, that they never had. At this point, Astrid comes in and tells him that they should come and see what Walter's doing. They go back to the lab and Walter has Roscoe at the piano under hypnosis. Roscoe starts to play the piano and Walter um, asks him to think back to the night that he saw Bobby. He tells him that it was a Tuesday and that he didn't really believe it was his son. So he asks him if he was real. Bobby takes his hand and he realizes that he was real. He said that Bobby whispered something to him and then suddenly Olivia's cell phone rings and breaks Roscoe's concentration. <clears throat> Walter looks uber annoyed and Olivia's apologizing and kind of walks to the side to talk and finds out that there's a lead on the observer that he was spotted in Brookline. So Olivia and Peter leave to go follow up on that. <clears throat> Walter's still looking pissed. And <laughs> as soon as they leave, though, Roscoe continues talking and tells them that Bobby was wearing a brown shirt that his mother gave him. Walter again asks him what Bob Bobby said, and he tells them that Bobby told him that he would meet a Walter Bishop and that he was supposed to help them, help him. Yep. Walter asks him how he was supposed to help, and Roscoe says he doesn't know. Don't you? So we next see the Observer, September, standing on a street corner in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Another Observer, which I think is named December, but I'm not sure. Yeah, he's the boss. <clears throat> right. He's well, the boss Observer. we don't know. No. But he's, an, he's standing there. He walks up to September, and September tells him that it has begun, and he has set everything in motion. December tells him that he has watched Dr. Bishop almost as long as he has, although not as closely, and he thinks that September is wrong, and he won't do it. September tells him that he thinks Walter has changed. Um, at this point, a man parks his car close to them, locks it, and walks away. September walks up to the car, touches the lock with his finger, which unlocks the door, gets in and drives off. We go back to seeing Olivia and Peter questioning the observer questioning the woman that the observer helped um, with the inhaler and she tells them that uh, everything that happened and that he helped save her life even though he didn't say anything he had a calmness about her about him that she that helped her back to the lab Roscoe is playing the piano while Walter is working on his little chemistry set concocting another compound to help him remember his memories he asks Walter if he's sure he doesn't know what he's supposed to help him with. And Bobby said that he should be able to help him. Walter tells him that he is helping him by playing some music and it's taking Walter back to being a teenager again. Walter asks Roscoe why, Violet, why the Violet Sedan Chair group broke up. And Roscoe tells him that it was just creative differences and they decided to take a break and that the more they took a break, the more easy it was to not get back together and play music anymore. Walter tells him that he too spent years away from the things he loved and has spent many years since trying to get back to it. Roscoe asks Walter what he's doing with all his equipment and Walter tells him that he's recently created a liquid base to aid in the process of brain mapping. 
<clears throat> he tells him that he's trying to rejuvenate missing parts of his brain so he can discover why Bobby left that message and help his son Peter be safe from the peril that surrounds him. Walter pours the concoction into a bottle of milk, which he says will bind the compounds together and puts it in the fridge. Roscoe tells Walter that he has no idea how he is supposed to help him because his scientific knowledge begins and ends with trying to find the perfect recipe for a strawberry milkshake. Walter gets real excited. He perks up <clears throat> and calls Astrid. He calls her Ashram <laughs> to go to the grocery store to get ingredients for his milkshake recipe because he wants Roscoe to try it. <clears throat> At this point, the observer comes into the lab and tells Walter that they need to talk. Okay. Well, I like this part because uh, he comes in and, of course, Roscoe is staring at the Observer September. Walter's staring at him and he's, and September is just very, very <clears throat> calm and says, Hello, Walter. We need to speak, which I thought was really good. Okay, so the next scene is Walter and September are walking around on campus and they're talking. And Walter is begging September not to take Peter from him because that's what he thinks is going to happen. And September says that, there are various futures that all happen simultaneously. And while he can see them all, he cannot say which future will come to pass. So he says that all actions have consequences, and both the apparent ones and unforeseen consequences. So September starts telling Walter this story. And he tells him that, you know, the day that he uh, uh, pulled Peter and Walter out of that frozen lake. Then later that summer, Peter catches a, fair, a, a firefly. Um, and But then, after Peter catches that fair, firefly, then there's a young girl that's three miles away that stayed out all night long trying to catch another fair, firefly. And when, I know, when she didn't come home, okay, her, her father went looking for her, and it was raining cats and dogs. It was raining real, real heavy, so he was driving in that heavy rain. And his truck uh, kind of missed a red light and skidded through an intersection at Harvard Yard and he killed a pedestrian. That's what happened to the little girl's father. So September says that he and Walter have interfered and upset the balance of things and they have to, you know, do something about it. September tells Walter that he needs his help. And September says, when the time comes, give him the keys and save the girl. And Walter's, what, what? Then he tells Walter, uh, you need to answer your phone. And, of course, immediately Walter's cell phone starts ringing. So, of course, when Walter, you know, gets his cell phone out of his pocket and goes to answer it, September disappears. Now, the call that Walter answers is from Peter, who tells him that the observer interrupted a robbery at a jewelry store. And he tied up all the robbers and he helped this girl named Victoria DeMiro. That's a, that's the sales girl's name in the uh, jewelry store that, have, that had the asthma. And so Walter tells Peter that he needs to speak to this girl and so to bring her over to the lab. And Peter says, well, you know, she's going down to downtown to give a, a statement to the police. But right after that, then, yeah, I'll bring her on over. So back at Walter's lab, Walter is sitting in his chair, relaxing and eating some strawberry ice cream. He's just a grinning. And so, uh, Roscoe. Uh, excuse me, Roscoe. And Walter comes back in and Roscoe uh, tells Walter the story of how Bobby called him on his uh, phone the night that Bobby died. 
and and uh, Bobby called him to tell him about a strange dream that he had. And Bobby said a bald man in a dark suit had taken him to see Roscoe. But when Roscoe was an old man, all grayed and everything, and Roscoe was living in a nursing home. So Walter tells Roscoe, he says, well, I don't think it was a dream at all. I think the man in the suit took Bobby through time. And it was only now, last night, when he came to see you at the nursing home, that he caught up to that visit. So, you know, Roscoe's looking at Walter like, yeah, okay, right. You know, because he don't really understand. Then Roscoe tells Walter, he says, well, that's a, actually, that's the last time I ever had a conversation with my son, Bobby. Roscoe says that his band was playing at a club in Harvard Yard that night that Bobby called. And Bobby said, well, he was going to come on over and watch them play. Bobby was on his way to see them. It was raining real, real hard. And the police told him that, told Roscoe that Bobby stepped into the crosswalk, but there was a truck who couldn't stop in time when the red light changed to red. And he skidded through the, the uh, intersection, the red light, and he killed Bobby. Ran him, ran him over. Walter starts tearing up, and he feels real, real guilty, of course. And then Walter says, will you excuse me for a moment? And he goes into the office. And, of course, Astrid is there in the office doing something with files, and he tells her, or Astrid tells uh, Walter that Peter called and said that they were on their way, and they're bringing the sales girl over to the lab. Walter tells Astrid that when he crossed over to save Peter, when Peter was a boy, he caused a chain reaction that the observer is trying to rectify. And Walter tells Astrid that Roscoe lost his son because he, Walter, wasn't willing to lose his. He says, nah, I can't let that happen. In the meantime, Olivia and Peter are driving down this rain-soaked street heading for the lab. And, uh, and uh, about that time, uh, uh, Walter calls the, uh, his phone, Peter's phone. And Victoria DeMiro, the sales girl, she's riding in a patrol car in front of Olivia and Peter. And suddenly, September, you know the truck he took from that man parked on the street? He plows his truck into the patrol car. And Olivia has to swerve her SUV in order to keep from hitting all them. And she runs up on the curb and, you know, kind of busts the tires out. So Olivia and Peter jump out of their car, out of the van, and they see September get out of the truck and run from the scene. Well, Olivia chases after September while Peter goes and sees uh, about the girl and the police officer. And Peter is carrying the girl from the patrol car over to the, to the back part of their uh, wrecked SUV and telling her, you know, just, just hang on because, you know, I'll get you some help. And he called the ambulance and all that kind of stuff. In the meantime... Walter, who had been on the telephone talking to Peter because he wanted Peter to ask the girl what she was doing in 1985 and Walter had just finished telling him, look, she's in a patrol car ahead of us and we're only five minutes away from the lab so, you know, you can ask her everything you want. And then, of course, the wreck happened. So about that time, about the time that uh, Peter gets the girl, uh, uh, Victoria DeMiro, into the back of the uh, SUV and everything, Walter and Astrid drive up in the station wagon. And Walter, of course, is looking all, you know, scared and everything. And, and he starts looking after Vic, uh, Victoria, the girl, while Peter is talking real, real fast, telling him, you know, she, because uh, uh, Astrid says, what happened? Well, she's asthmatic and the ambulance is called. We don't have her inhaler and stuff. And Peter says to Walter, hey, give me the keys and save the girl. 
And of course, Walter was shocked because these are the very words that the observer told him, you know, when you hear it, do it. And so Walter starts tearing up and he says to Peter that this is what the observer wanted. And, and he's afraid that if he gives Peter the keys, Peter's going to die. And Peter, of course, insists that Walter give him the keys. And, and uh, he says, look, Olivia ran after the observer and I've got to go help her. Walter eventually gives Peter the keys and then he, you know, goes and attends to uh, Victoria and he does his little concoction and helps her to breathe and everything long enough for the ambulance to get there. In the meantime, Olivia is chasing after the observer and she's chasing through the sidewalk in the crowd. There's a whole lot of people in this town, seems to me. But anyway, but of course, <laughs> Olivia loses him, loses September in well, the it's crowd. in Boston. It's, or Cambridge, Cambridge, yeah. yeah, okay. And it's closer to campus, so yeah. Okay, well, Olivia loses, of course, September in the crowd. So she stops in kind of like this alleyway and she calls Peter on his cell phone and says, I lost him, but, you know, I don't know where he is. And Peter says, uh, Peter, in the meantime, is in the car. He's in the station wagon. And he says, oh, I, I got him. He's going into a hostel on Main Street, so I get him. So Peter jumps out of his car and is going to run across the street to go into this hotel when there's traffic going the opposite direction. So, of course, he almost get hit. And it's a real uh, intense scene, so it's really good, but it's kind of stupid. Anyway, so Peter, of course, makes it, you know, up on the roof because he sees um, he sees September going up on these rooftops. So he, he follows him and makes it up on the roof, and he sees September standing on another building adjacent to that building on its roof. And Peter's just staring at him, and Peter's saying, you know, what is all this about? Why can't you tell me? What's going to happen to me? And September just kind of looks at him. And you know how he kind of like cocks his little head a little ways. And so September's looking at Peter and he's just staring at him. And he says, it must be very difficult being a father. And then he pulls out this gun device. It looks just like a gun, but it's really not. And he shoots Peter with this little ray thing. And it knocks him, of course, down on the ground. Well, about that time, down the rooftop, about that time, Olivia has made it up on the roof and she's got her gun drawn and she's just about ready to take out after, uh, what you call him, uh, September, but she sees Peter down on the ground. So she stops to make sure that Peter's still alive. And by that time, September has turned around and he's climbed upon uh, this, uh, this uh, scaffolding to another rooftop. And of course, by the time Olivia gets up on that rooftop, uh, he's disappeared. Now, Walter, in the meantime, is back at the scene and he's talking to the ambulance drivers and he's saying, you know, giving them some instruction on what to do to stabilize, keep her stable and, and calm so she won't have another attack before they get to the hospital. And his cell phone rings and, of course, Walter receives this call from Olivia and she says, we lost him. And, of course, Walter thinks she means Peter. And she says, no, I mean the observer. Why would you think I meant Peter? So Walter is very, very relieved, but he's wondering, well, then why did the observer do all this? You know, if Peter's not going to be dead, which he's, he's happy, but he's, he's wondering. Now, the next scene we have, it's really cute. Astrid and Walter are taking Roscoe back to the nursing home. And of course, Roscoe now is a different person. He's coherent. He's, he's, halfway happy, you know, and he's going to be playing. And Roscoe smiles at Astrid and says, it was a pleasure to meet you, Kelly. 
I don't know where he get this name Kelly, but anyway. And she just smiles and says, nice to meet you too. And Roscoe tells Walter, he says, uh, you know, ask him to come visit him and please bring him a strawberry shake every now and then and he'll play piano for him. So Walter tells him I'd be honored to do that. So Roscoe then says that, you know, he had forgotten what it felt like to rem remember his son and to be with his son and to... Uh, you know, how it felt. and But now that he remembers, he remembers everything. And then he looks at Walter and he says, nobody is supposed to have a second chance like that. So Walter's kind of contemplating this. Going, hmm. So he hugs Walter and it's really, really a cute scene. Back at the lab, we see Olivia and Peter. They've returned to the lab and Peter is just talking to Mal a minute about all the different little stuff that the observer has done, his actions throughout that whole day. And he's just not even understanding it and stuff. So Peter uh, walks over to the refrigerator in the lab and he grabs his bottle of milk. And about that time, while he's doing that, and he's just chattering him out a minute, then Olivia has went over to the table and saw that book, If You Meet the Buddha on the Road, Kill Him, uh, in, uh, <laughs> Peter's, in Peter's backpack. I love that title. In Peter's backpack. And she kind of picks up the book. And so she asks Peter, well, why is this your favorite book? And Peter says, well, it's his favorite book because it talks about not depending on others for answers and that you can only find the answers inside yourself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a portending things. And Peter, and as Peter's talking, then he has taken some aspirin out of this uh, aspirin bottle. And so he pops those aspirin in his mouth and he takes a big old swig of the, the milk. He immediately falls to the floor and starts having a seizure or convulsion or something. And so Olivia, of course, panics. So she calls Walter and, and um, tells him, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, all he did was take some aspirin and stuff and he drank some milk. And, and, and so Walter says, milk from where? From the refrigerator. Oh, Lord. So Walter tells her to get an anticoagulant, and he tells her where to get it, to get some saline solution, and he tells her where to get that. And he and she has to get this magnesium sulfate stuff. And he kind of forgets where he put it, but he finally remembers that he put it in the refrigerator and everything's alphabetical. So it's by the mayonnaise. Oh, it was kind of funny, but kind of, you know, kind of panicked too, because Walter was, was kind of panicked. So Olivia mixes up this concoction, puts it in a syringe, and she shoots Peter in his right leg. And immediately he starts stabilizing. Now, later that same night, we see Walter fixing soup for Peter. He's fixing Peter some rosemary chicken soup. And he's, uh, uh, Peter's laying on the couch. And, but Walter puts this record on, because, you know, he has a whole bunch of LPs. And it's a record of If I Only Had a Brain by the Scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz, which I thought was kind of appropriate. Anyway, and so he sits down with the bowl of soup and he thanks Peter for taking the serum and Peter says why are you thanking me and he says well because my serum was flawed and had I taken it like he was going to when September 1st came into the lab he says it would have killed me but you're young and healthy so you know you were able to survive so Walter thinks that that's the whole thing that the observer had in mind hmm is he wrong so while him and Peter kind of smiling at each other we go outside the house and we see September and the boss observer. That's what I'm calling him because I don't know his name for real. The boss observer. And they're standing there looking at the house. And September says that he has to admit that he thought his experiment would fail. And the boss observer says, well, but you were right. He has changed. He was willing to let his son die. And September says, yes. And now we know when the time comes, he will be willing to do it again.
That's it. Ooh, poor Peter. <laughs> that was a good episode. That was a very good episode. Very good. Man, I really, really like this episode. First of all, I like a... Oh, what's his name? His name is something Lloyd that played Roscoe. Christopher. Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. I liked him from way back in... Yeah. Uh, uh, um, back to the Future. Back to the Future. So he made an excellent, like... Old guy from the 70s in a nursing home. And he was all sad and everything. Now he's all perked up, you know. That that was an excellent casting, in, in, in my opinion. Well, first of all, he was excellent in yes. the whole episode. He was. He had a little bit of humor. Mm-hmm. He had touching scenes. Yep. He had scenes where it looks like he's out of it. Mm-hmm. But then he would come back and be real emotional, mm-hmm. and it's like, I really like the chemistry with him and John Noble. Well, he was perfect because he was in a different way, but he was just like Walter. He he was just like Walter. He was tucked away in this nursing home, not responding. We don't know and, about all that. And if that all well, we know is that he was asleep. Yeah. He sleepwalked. He was in a nursing home, so... I mean, he's just, he's older. Well, but when they were visiting, yeah, we do know about that. Because when they were visiting him the first time, when they, when they was uh, 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 called about the sleepwalking and him seeing his son and they was trying to talk to him and the nurses came and said, okay, it's time for his therapy and medication. Physical therapy. Physical therapy, medication. They had to help him get up and walk him, walk him to wherever it was and everything. Well, when you get old and you're in a nursing home. Most of the time, your ass is sick. Well, that's true. But however, when he, when they took him back to the nursing home... I don't home, have he any was, he was indication fried. from that that he was mentally... I didn't say mentally. He, I don't think he had any issues with that. I think he was just alone in life. He didn't have no... I mean, when you're alone, you don't have any kids left or wife or whatever. Well, he was and sad. And you end up old, right. you go to a nursing home. That's a sad situation right yeah. there. And then the history, when you get into the... History, his history, and what's happened to him—that's even more sad. I thought that was good too. That the that the the person that was killed was his son, because when when September told Walter the whole story about the consequences of saving Peter, uh, that one particular story anyway, and the pedestrian that was killed happened to be this Roscoe's son. That was that was good. That was some good writing. I thought. That was real good. Well, I don't, I don't know about good, but it, it's I the way it that it tied good. it. The whole point of the episode was, like Walter said, there's unforeseen, unforeseen. circumstances to everything. And, <coughs> excuse me, when he brought, he knows this, but it's always being reinforced each season that we go, that he knows that him going there has caused all this chain reaction of things to happen. Yeah. And this is just brings it home, and it even brought it more to the surface because this is an idol of his. And he's trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to help him help remember what happened to his son? I thought it was excellent. So it was, it was a really cool twist. I like the Roscoe part because both he and, both he and, I mean, they just paralleled so well, I thought. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was hilarious that both he and Walter call Astrid everything but Astrid, you know? I mean, it's just amazing. Where he got this Kelly, I don't know. I have no idea either. I don't know because when he was eating that ice cream and Walter came back to the lab, he says, well, one good thing, Miss Farnsworth is back. So he knew her last name Mm -hmm. or he said her last name. But 
And when Walter called her ashram, I like to die. That was funny. <laughs> that was so funny. And she just answers like, yes, Walter, what is she, it? She's like, whatever. <laughs> I already know. You ain't going to yeah, get my name right. Unless that is so something funny. Something else is going on. That is so funny. But uh, And then this episode two, I really like the interaction between Olivia and Peter. Because when she first went to the nursing home and she first came in and of course Peter's all you know happy like hi but did you see that look that she gave him like mm -hmm. you know like hey everything's business and he just kind of um okay it's still back like it was you know yeah because the yeah. last episode she told him I don't want to be with you yep I want to have you know I want to go there Mm -hmm. I mean, she, it's not like her feelings are turned off. No. But she still has to work through exactly. it. Exactly. And Peter, you know, is trying to be patient, but I wish he would be a little more like, look, shit now. Give well, me a benefit of the damn doubt. I well, had no idea. Well, she kind of did. Like, she gave him that book back, and he was trying to explain something to her, and she brushed it off like she did in the other episode. Then I liked how um, when they were back at the lab, he took the time, and he's like, okay, look. I want to tell you about what this was about. I want to share it with you. Well, but I think one little line Peter said in the whole show, it is indicative of why he behaves like he behaves. And he said to her, right before he was trying to explain the book, he said, well, you know, he says, I don't often allow people to get close to me. We have that in common. Mm -hmm. And that was the whole reason why he bought her the book because, because she thought, uh, or excuse me, he thought that would even be better. You know, of course he thought he was giving it to the real Olivia too. Right. So that's See? my point. You know, she's saying, you know, and she understands you took, I don't think, so. I mean, yeah. I think so in her mind, but not in her heart. And that's the yeah. point. I, you know, he's saying, look, and Asher told her this too in the other episode. She did. We all thought she was you. Mm -hmm. All of us did. And he was opening up to you. He was dating you. He was sleeping with you. He was doing everything with you, thinking that it was you. Okay, now we find out it wasn't. It was a fake. It was a different Olivia. You're now back. That doesn't change the fact that this whole time, it wasn't like it was her sister or something. Mm -hmm. It was her. He just didn't know it was her. Yeah. And for her to continue... Even though I don't really, originally didn't really like that storyline, and don't really want to see it go back to that. Yeah, I really don't want to. But, the fact that she keeps bringing up the fact that, well, I still feel lost, and I feel, I still feel like I was uh, kept away from everything, it's starting to get on my nerves, and it's only been two episodes that she's been saying it, <laughs> but if they continue on with the next couple with her saying that, mm -hmm. it's going to be annoying because, look... We get it. You're hurt that you didn't get to have the first with him that she had. Mm -hmm. But it ain't his fault. Yep. It is not his fault. And you and you still care for him and you just need to just go on from there. Mm -hmm. And create new memories and new experiences and all that stuff. Yeah, well, that's easy for us to say. But, I mean, real life don't work that way. No, I know. You know. But this is a totally different than if he had been... Uh, Trying to have a relationship with her and was dating her sister well, or something. This is the I, same. He was duped just like she was. I don't have a problem with her taking a, a while to come to grips with the fact that, okay, I either have to get over it or, and, and you know, go ahead and be with him or just move on. So I don't, I don't have that same issue like you do. 
I don't mind if it takes a while. I want to know what I want to see say, some of the other people that I like. Where's her little niece and her sister? And where's the dude at the bowling alley? I liked him. Sam. Yeah. I mean, he's just dropped out. You know. Well, it's a new season. They're, they're well, that's true, but still. Direction. We already know her abilities and her yeah, what the Protexafan did. But now, the best part of the whole episode was September. He is... I tell you, them observers, the actors who play the observers, that guy is just awesome. Because it's just his facial expressions, which is nothing, and just the way he behaves. Yes, you he know? does have facial expressions. And when he was kicking them folks up in that, uh, those robbers in that jewelry store, I said, my goodness, that was good, though. His name is Michael Cerveris or Cerveris. Well, he sure like is good. He is good. He is very but he's good. He's freaking me out. The whole episode. <laughs> He just standing there staring. He just stared. I love it out. though. I That's love like it. that episode with Milo. <laughs> and he would just stand there and stare at people. I'm like, uh-uh, no, <laughs> no. And he just stands there and stares. I love it. And the freaky part about it is, which someone on Twitter mentioned, we were tweeting about it um, uh-huh. that day, and I can't think of who it was. Mm-hmm. They said, him... Cocking his head like your dog does and they're yeah. trying to understand what you're doing. It's freaking me the hell out. And I was like, that is exactly what I was thinking. I know the way he, he just looks at you and he kind of turns his head. I know. Like it is a little disconcerting. It but is freaky. He was so good though. It is good. Oh, he is so good. And I love the fact that we got to see some action out of him. He yeah. was tearing them Tearing them up. up. And and did you hear Peter? Oh, yeah, your observer. He must be in the crime prevention because he tied up all the robbers and saved the girl. So he tied them up before the police got there. First of all, when he was catching them bullets. Oh, yeah. Like, caught one. I was like, mm. Caught the other one. Uh. Oh, yeah. I thought, I was like, oh, uh-oh. hell. <laughs> I like the observers, though. I do, too. And then he just happened to... And we, I don't think, have seen this before. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Hmm. him being able to just touch the lock of the door and open it up... We haven't seen that before. That's like the golden child. Yeah. (laughs) The golden child. I forgot about that. He just touched it and things started moving. Yeah. You know? Well, that's because, I mean, you know, he's, he's an observer. So, yeah, they do have little powers and stuff, but... But that's only because they're not from our realm. You well, know, and so. what um, intrigued me too was, you know, uh, the observer told Walter, okay, when the time comes, give him the keys and save the girl. To me, it just flashed me back to Heroes when it was like, save the cheerleader, save, save the world. The, that's exactly the, what I thought. Which was the type of, which was what I loved about Heroes mm-hmm. until they got off into another whole realm. Yeah. But... That kind of gave me a chill thinking of that line. He's like, give him the keys and save the girl. I was like, what? And when Peter said that, I mean, it was just like, because Peter natural. was talking a mile yeah, a minute. He was you natural. Know. Walter's like, what? What? And Walter was feel... just shocked. Yeah. But the best scene for me, for uh, uh, Walter's scene, was when Roscoe was telling him yes. about the last time he talked to his son and, and the circumstances. Walter was just, his eyes started getting big. Well, he started welling up. And, and yeah, he teared up, up and, mm-hmm. oh, it was excellent. It was good. Man, they that should win a, what's for TV? Emmy. They, yeah, they should win an Emmy for that. Because, man, that was good. 
That was I felt so bad for said, Walter. Well, it was raining, and he was supposed to come and meet me at Harbor Yard, and Walter was like, oh. Yeah. Like, shit. I know. You, oh. And his eyes, like, got yeah. bigger, like, uh-huh. dilated or something. He went, oh, <gasps> don't uh-oh. tell me that. I know. You know? You could see it coming, too. You could. Ooh, and then he, and Christopher Lloyd, the way he was telling that story, oh. and he, oh, I was tearing up. He's an excellent actor, he though. Is. They picked the perfect actor to play that part. Yeah. The perfect actor, because Christopher Lloyd is very, very excellent. He was he was good. Now, one that. thing that got me, okay, so we, what? he wrecks into the car. The September. Girls, September wrecks into the car. The girl's injured. Peter takes off and, and is helping Olivia find him and mm-hmm. chases him up to the rooftop. Mm-hmm. And the observer is looking at him, cocking his head, which I was freaking out. <laughs> and he just looks at Peter, and he's like, it must be very difficult being a father. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I was like, what the hell are you trying to say? Well, first, is Peter a father? No! That's what I was thinking. I knew he meant Walter. No, I didn't know that oh, yet. Okay. I was like, what is he trying to say? Because this is a theory that has been floating around there that the Bolivia could possibly be pregnant with Peter's baby over on the other side. Oh, Lord, let's hope not. Well, yeah, we hope not. But when he said that, I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Is Peter a father? What is that going to mean to the story? So I thought, hmm. But then, after we get to the end, when we see the real point of the whole, uh, whatever he put into place, the experiment, he calls it, is to see if Walter is going to let Peter go yep. when the time comes. Yep. Let him die when the time well, comes. Well, when he said that, I I automatically ass, uh, assumed anyway he was talking about Walter because he is Walter's observer. He's always observed Walter. See, so he's wherever Walter is. So it never even occurred to me that he was even thinking about Peter. It did to me. Oh, that, that never even occurred to me. But, but... Um, that was good though. That was good when he just pulled out his little thing and went, Choo! yeah, <laughs> and knocked him over. Boink. And then <laughs> when he was running up those stairs, and Olivia mm-hmm. ran up the stairs after him, and she got to the top of that next level, and he was all the way on another building. Yep. I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. She didn't even flinch. No, she didn't even flinch. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But that was, oh man, that was a good episode. It was very good. That was good. Now, I'm not quite sure, you know, the fi- the September's point was... What? When he'll let Peter die when the time comes. Exactly. So we know he'll do it again. Right. I'm not quite, you know, sure what that's gonna... Well, it seems to me... But I had a totally different thought on what... They were doing. No, it seemed to me that that the, it is foreshadowing for the fact that in order for everything to be put back, Peter going to have to go because he was supposed to die. No, no. No, no. well, but I'm just saying. So he's going to have to go, although September did tell, um, what you call him, Walter, that he has seen every possible future but all of them are operating or in existence simultaneously and what he can't do is tell which future is going to be the one yeah so yeah so i thoroughly think that the whole point of the whole exercise but you know think 
back to season one. September did this type of thing also. You know, they can't just go and like do one thing. You remember that that one show where they were all in the restaurant and they and putting all that pepper on the food and all that yeah, kind of stuff? That was August. But they went a roundabout <clears throat> way to get their little thing then too. So well, they just can't go direct. My, <clears throat> when we went to a commercial before that final scene, mm -hmm. I had a totally different thought of what, why all this was happening and why he put all this into motion. When he was talking to Walter and said, you know, um, Peter caught this firefly and several miles down the road later that summer, a girl was looking for one and didn't find one. And then it all stemmed around that Victoria girl. I'm thinking, okay, so the point of all this is for Walter to save Victoria since he wasn't able to save Bobby. Or since since all of this stuff was put into motion when Walter went to the other side and got Peter and Bobby ended up dying as one of the results of all that chaos, then I thought, well, maybe the Observer's trying to say he has to save Victoria for it to rectify itself, for the universe to go back, because otherwise she would have died sitting there if the observer wouldn't have come. I didn't well, that, that. Well, that was my thought. And then my other thought was, all of this is even more interrelated because when Walter called Peter and said, ask her where she was in 1985, I was like, that is the little girl who was trying to find the firefly. Yep. Whose daddy... Killed yeah. Bobby. So it's even more interrelated. Yeah. And that's what I thought they were going to reveal. So I was kind of thrown off. Because I'm well, thinking about all this as the commercials are going. Well, So I was kind of thrown off when we get to the end. And they say, well, we now know he'll let him die at another place. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What about the girl? It couldn't have just been because he saved the girl. I think they want you to think by Walter's question. He's asking maybe that's the girl. In 1985. I mean, it could have been. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the way September and, and, and the other observers work, that's probably what it is. That's what I thought at the time. Yeah. But I believe, and I thought at the time, you know, when Walter was saying to Peter when he was uh, uh, feeding that soup, he says, now I know why they did a, they did all this because they were to save me because my serum was was wrong and, and I would have died. Yeah. But that's not the reason at all. The reason was it was an experiment to see. Walter was going to let Peter go so he could save another man's child because he already knew that that when when uh, 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 September saved Peter and him from the pond, another man's son died. That's what I thought. And so, therefore, that was Walter's experiment. Okay, you going to let another person's child die? Because she was a young girl. Or you going to let Peter go and do what he got to do, see? And that's, to me, that's what that whole scene said. And because Walter gave Peter the keys, even though Walter believed that meant Peter was going to die, Mm -hmm. Of which the stupid fool almost did running across traffic, <laughs> you know. That was the dumbest thing. I was yelling no, at TV. No, it's you not dumb. dummy, don't be running in front is, of no cars. Peter is like that, just like Olivia. I know. They don't think about their own safety. They're just trying to I know. get to I know. whatever they have but, to get but to. But that was a good scene, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought it was an excellent scene, though. But to me, that well, that's is... That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I thought, too. That was the point of the experiment, but that is what they're saying at the end is not what the point of the experiment was. Yeah, it was. 
You know? The point of the experiment was to see if he would let Peter go, because if he did it this time, then that means he may do it, like, like September said, then he should do it again when they ask him to do it again. Because the first time, he didn't let Peter go. He right. went over there and got it. He went and got it. See, well, so he, so yeah. to me, yeah, that was the whole point of it. But because they are observers and because they do see all possible futures, they just don't know which one it is, then they go to, to that out. long, drawn-out thing just to get to the to the point. Mm -hmm. See, which, which I kind of like, though. Well, I mean, it makes it good for us yeah, to watch, you know. but... But man, yeah, this was, was very convoluted, and I love it. I like that. I love it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I really don't know. Good. I'm thinking that, and maybe not the next episode, but maybe next one, it's going to come up again, and maybe we'll, well yes. find out something Well, because uh, by the previews anyway, you know, uh, Walter's going to have to make some decisions because Peter is going to be activating that device. Not that he's... He's not that he's going to try to on purpose, but Walter is a, can't make any decision. He don't know what it's for. Well, but Peter he has to make some enough. decisions. Oh, and and let's say uh, I meant to make a note of one other thing too. I thought it was really really interesting at the very first, the very first part of the whole episode when Walter he was making that serum anyway because he wants to be able to match wits. It, it, to him with Walternet. Walternet, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, Walter, you just don't know. You a lot smarter than Walternet, but you think Walternet's smarter. But Walternet knows that Walter is smarter than Walternet him. might not be smarter, but he's eat more evil. He's evil. So that can trump. But see, Walter, our Walter, he don't know that, though. Right. See. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought that was good. Yeah. It, I thought it that was, was a real very, funny. It was, it was really good. Oh, I love that episode. Okay. Well, we uh, actually had an email. Oh, cool. And it's, you know, based on previous episodes. That's It's fun. from uh, Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina. She says, Happy New Year's, ladies. Happy New Year. Just got caught up on your last two late podcasts. <laughs> Always a pleasure. I can hardly wait until the show resumes so I can watch new episodes and listen to your new podcast. Okay. I hope Peter and Olivia aren't on the outs for too long. <laughs> By the way, do you think the machine only works for Peter because there is only one Peter in all the universes? Mm -hmm. After all, the only reason our Peter survived was because Walter broke through into the alternate verse to save him. If there are many universes and only one Peter was saved, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. hmm. Maybe I'm getting too much of my theory from Stephen, Stephen King's The Talisman. <laughs> Looking forward to your next podcast. All the best to you both in 2011, Sabrina. Well, thank you, Sabrina, for that email. And, you know, we are so glad that Fringe is back, too, because uh, it's it, it's awesome. It's yeah, it's good. I like what they're doing now. I really do like and And, you know, I do miss seeing Charlie and, the, and, and, too. and uh, Lincoln and them over on the other side. But I am so glad that the fake Olivia is back over there. Yeah, and, and so what do you think about what she's asking? Do we think that Peter... Is the only one able to activate the machine because he's the the only Peter there is. Yes, I believe that. Yes, I believe that that is indeed the fact, and that is why the observers are so interested in Peter and Walter, and Walternet is so interested in Peter because the other Peter died. This is the Peter that's there. Period. Well, I mean this. 
device was built on the in the alternate universe. Peter was in the alternate universe until Walter came and snatched him. Yep. So Walter would have had to be working on this before. Or when he built it. I don't it, believe so. He configured it to where it would work with his Peter. He built that device after Walter snatched his son. That's when it started. Because there was no anomaly in the other universe or that little whole thing where they have to do the resin and uh, uh, what mm-hmm. they call it and all that stuff. Um, until that anomaly. Until Walter snatched Peter. Right. So, so that's but, when, that's when all Walter the started. On the blueprint plans, though, it shows Peter dying or being blown up right. with this device. So, but it also showed Peter as, a, as an adult man, not a child. Right, exactly. So he started that. Uh, right. So after. what I'm saying is if that was, if he truly <laughs> was trying to get his son back. For the real reasons, he would not want him to be using that device. Exactly. See, so Walternet doesn't really care. Apparently. I mean, what Walternet wants is what Walternet wants more than he's worried about Peter. Because this is what I think. I think Walternet understands. Peter was a young boy, wasn't he uh, 10, Uh when... Walter snatched him. He's now 30, at least 30, 35 years old. He's grown up on the other side, so he's like one of them. Even though he's technically my son, but he's one of them. Like like the same thing that Walter has been telling Lincoln and and Charlie and all them about everybody on the other side and and how bad they are and stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And he just wanted Walter, uh, excuse me, Peter, because Peter needs to work that device. Yeah. Otherwise, and I mean, that's he, why he sent yeah. Olivia over there to get yeah. him to work that device. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find out pieces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I believe I Peter is the only one in the whole universes that that can activate the device. And uh, uh, based upon the previews that they showed right after this episode, all Peter does is he's standing in there uh, in the lab with Broyles and, and Olivia and the rest of them, and that thing starts, it's activated. Mm-hmm. So, he didn't even do nothing. <laughs> Which, you Your know, face. hey, that's going to be kind of bad, then how's he going to stop it then? Right. See? You got to leave the room. If he turned it on without even knowing he was turning it on, hey, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. To it's going to be good. Okay. Okay, well, I think that's it for today. Alrighty. That's all the feedback we had anyway. Please send us your thoughts and comments on this new episode. And, oh, we didn't talk about the title of it, Firefly. Well, I knew you was, I just knew you was going to say something. Of course. <laughs> How Why could you not? not? <laughs> I, kept, I kept watching it going, okay, we going to have some clues or... Like is, Nathan, is Nathan Fillion going to pop up in the episode? No, I knew that wouldn't happen. <sighs> He's got his own show. But, I mean, I thought maybe there'd be a little clue here, clue there about mm-hmm. our show, The Fire uh, Firefly, that we love. And there wasn't. <coughs> excuse me. There wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> Not even a little hint of nope, anything. Nothing. It's about a real damn bug. Yep. It's about, <laughs> it was about that girl catching that little firefly that and little setting bug. up all those little consequences. Yep. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Well, but you know, hey. But it did whet my appetite to go back and watch the series again. So I'm mm-hmm. going to pull out my DVD set yep. and watch it. <laughs> I do like that so series. You got, anybody else out there who hasn't seen that show, you have got to Firefly watch is it. an excellent sci-fi show. 
And then on TV, on Sci-Fi today, they had Serenity Plan. Did they really? Yeah, which just kind of whet my appetite even more because that's even a better okay. movie from the well, show. Well, since you mentioned the Sci-Fi Channel, I have to tell you just one thing for uh, 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 other people that like Sci-Fi. Oh, I know you don't like. I, I know you're not watching it, but I am watching this new <clears throat> Sci-Fi series that they just started la- uh, this week called Being Human, and of course, it's about vampires and werewolves and stuff. Oddly enough, it was very entertaining, and it's pretty good. I mean, they're all new uh, actors that I've never seen before and stuff, but the whole premise and stuff is pretty good, so I'm going to watch several episodes at least. You need to watch the BBC version. Well, I might do that at some they, point later. Basically, they just took that show well, I and can't put help that. Americans in there. and Well, I can't help that. It's on now, so I'm watching it. And and like I said, I mean, it's pretty good. It's just like, you know, when True Blood first went off and and the Vampire Diaries first came on, I thought, oh, you know. No, no. I'll go ahead and watch it. It And it it was pretty good. It would be like True Blood going off their season and then someone else making another True Blood called Uh. True Blood on a different Well, you know what? It's not like that for me because just like I tell everybody... Often on our True Blood podcast, I haven't read the daggum book. So I True Blood, wait, wait, wait. So True Blood is fine with me. Well, I haven't seen the BBC series, so this being human is fine with me. <laughs> anyway, so if anybody else wants to see it on the Sci Fi Channel, just tune in. Let's talk about Sci Fi real quick. Okay. Channel. All right. What's wrong with them? They canceled Caprica. They did. They canceled. Why did they do that? That was getting good. It was. What was that other show they canceled that we watched? Battlestar? No, no, no. That I knew that. I mean, we that was a long time coming. Oh, well, now they canceled the 4400. We was heavy that. Was into that was USA. That wasn't Taiwan. Oh, okay. Oops. It was, um... What? Caprica and Stargate Universe. Oh, well. Which I thought was decent. No, well, that's okay. But anyway, I so, never got into Stargate. Any, what I was going to say is the only thing they show on that damn station anymore is Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, and WW whatever wrestling. <laughs> Every time I turn it on. Wrestling on sci-fi? Yes. Hmm. Every time I turn on the daggum channel Love. to see what's on, that's all there is. Mm-hmm. Ghost Hunters, mm-hmm. Ghost Hunters International, which I think is stupid, <laughs> and um, wrestling, which is even beyond <laughs> the stupidest, stupider than Ghost Hunters. <laughs> Sorry if y'all right. like that show, but it's just awful. Okay, anyway. So, I mean, sci-fi should really get their stuff together and get back to really good series, which I know they have. They're yeah, just they off do. right now. I think they come back in the spring or right, summer. they do. But anyway, that's a side note for that. Okay. All right, well, we've kind of went off tangent there. If y'all would like to send us some feedback on Fringe, Fringe, Firefly, <laughs> Serenity, or the Sci-Fi Network, please do. Okay. Email us at sisterspeak at gmail.com. Our voicemail number is 972-692-7341. We are at Facebook at facebook.com slash sisterspeakpodcast. And, excuse me, we both are on Twitter tweeting on occasion at underscore sister J and underscore sister K. That's it for now. I'm sister K and I'm sister J. See you next time.